When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Chevalier Mortgage. You can call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578 or visit dnvrmortgage.com where you can get signed up for a free consultation and to discuss all of your options as well as get free DNVR merch. Check it out today. I'm sure you've heard about the great mortgage rates out there right now, but Mike and Virginia are not your typical mortgage company. Yes, they do have the phenomenal rates, but what makes them different is that Mike is a certified financial planner and looks at so much more than just rate when designing your home loan. Plus, they're a small family-owned company just like us here at DNVR, so you'll always feel like a person and not a number. Again, head on over to dnvrmortgage.com and check them out today. DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts. I'm your host, Rudo, joined by AJ Hafley. Before we get into the show, an incredibly generous $50 super chat before we were even alive today from Craig Fitzpatrick. I see something in your future, AJ. It looks like it could be a tarot card reading of Martin Kaut's ability to make the NHL and stick. Uh, Either way, thank you very much, Craig. Very, very, very generous of you giving us $50 when we're not even live on YouTube. So uh, that's awesome. We appreciate it a lot. But look, look, all right. We'll get to tarot card readings in a month or so. We'll get there. But for now, we're talking best defenses in the league. So today's show is going to be all about that. Uh, AJ and I were talking about it a little bit before the show, and we were both kind of like, you know, the Western Conference doesn't have very many good defenses, does it? <laughs> it's it's not where you're going right now for a to to find an elite defensive team. That's for sure. Yeah, too many of them, anyway. There are a couple of them. There, there are a couple that get by, but on the whole. You're going through the West, and you're like, eh, eh, eh. a whole bunch of okay to not great on the on the defensive side of the puck. Now, to be clear, AJ, are we talking about defensive units, including goaltender, or just defense? Yeah, I think mostly we're we're talking just defense here. Yeah, um, just the defensemen themselves. But it it is hard to separate and be like, well. Goalies are irrelevant to defense, but I think for purposes of today, we'll just focus on defensemen. All right. Just focusing on the guys that actually skate around on the ice. That makes sense. Um, So part of the the catalyst to this conversation and why we wanted to have it was – a lot of the time on the show, we get asked all the time, does Colorado have the best defense in the league? And – 
every time we get asked that on this show, we kind of brush that off and say probably not, but it's close. Yeah. So we kind of wanted to go in depth on that topic a little bit um, and, and see what the competition around the league looked like for that defense. So do you want to start with Colorado or do you want to start elsewhere, AJ? Yeah, I mean, we can start in Colorado. That's fine. Um, just because that's what people are here mostly to listen to us talk it, about. It is an avalanche podcast at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I I have Colorado ranked number two in the league. In the league? Yeah. Okay. I do too. All right. So, but it's it's with an asterisk this year. Sure. Last year, last year I would have. I, I think it was probably just like I think they're probably the second or third best defense in the league, and that was that. But this if year, if they're healthy, they're number yes. two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Because there's a huge difference between a defense where Eric Johnson and Ryan Murray are playing, or a defense where Jacob McDonald and Curtis McDermott have taken their spot. There is That's, no depth options of a Timmons this year and things like you're that. You're right. They're, they're, it's just such a big difference. Yep. Uh, it's such a big it's a, such a big step down from those two guys to what's beyond in McDonald and McDermott. And pick a pick a guy. Um, Roland McCown, uh, the Jordan Gross, the unknown of Justin Barron. Like there's there's not anybody that you can really comfortably say beyond the top six you're you're really 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 believing in to play 30 meaningful minutes even really yeah yeah like jacob mcdonald has the familiarity from last year but the way that he went i mean i think we saw his ceiling there he straight up got his job taken by connor timmons so yeah it's that (laughs) when and for the Four games that the Avs had other healthy defensemen. Timmons was the guy they were going with in that last spot. But, yeah, that I mean, the McDonald conversation is one that goes even deeper than that for a couple of reasons. One being the health, obviously, but also when you look at their team, they are... I don't know if they're the youngest defense in the league, but they're certainly one of the youngest defenses in the league. Um, to be that good already, where you're talking about reasonable to expect Makar to get better. Reasonable yeah. to expect Byram to get significantly better. Yeah. And then you have the conversation about, you know, Gerard probably could continue to improve as well, though that one, he, yeah. he's a little bit more the- established in the league than the other ones. So, the, here's the thing. Um, Devon, Devon Taves has to repeat the performance he had last year. That's true. I'm comfortable believing that that's probably going to happen, uh, at least to some extent. But he was legitimately one of the very best defensemen in the NHL last year. And if he drops a little bit of a level this year, I don't think we should be too surprised. I mean, he finished what if, ninth if, in Norris voting. Yeah, or if he's yeah. if he's like very good instead of awesome. Uh, Gerard, look, Gerard is still twenty three years old. I think with with Gerard, we're not expecting that there's too much more of a ceiling there. Like, right. uh, how much better is he actually going to get? Yep, but. The same thing is true of Gerard as it is Kale McCarr, where maybe we've already seen the best that they have to give, but now it's a focus on consistency. It's a focus on being, if they're not at their 100% on a, on a, on a night, they're at 80% instead of 50%. Sure. You know, just smoothing out some of the, some of the roller coaster that you get with the younger players, because... With McCarr, like, there are going to be nights where he's just absolutely insane. Yep. Right? And then it's like, okay, well, we're not ever going to get to a point where he's that every single night. There's just nobody in the world that does that. That's beyond human ability. (laughs) Right. There's just nobody in the world that does that. The closest we saw was McDavid over the 56 games 
where he scored 100 points. You know, like that was a that was an insane. He was he was on his way to an all a truly all time great season. And even that has. Well, he was playing against Canadian teams every game. Yeah. So regardless, like if we're gonna if, if we're gonna caveat that, we have to caveat everything that we say about the Abs that they were against four horrible I'm, teams. Uh, we year. we do regularly say that. So I I just saying like I it's just part of that conversation. Sure. Um, with with the so Gerard Gerard and, and Makar twenty two and twenty three. It's fair to think that they're. They can continue to to get better, and they will. Really, it'll be a consistency thing. That they figure out how to get the best. It's it's less about it's less about night. attaining highs. It's more raising the floor. Exactly where you're like okay, you keep those, but you just keep you you just keep minimizing the bad days. So, yep. so and. That- that's that's where that's the focus for those guys. Taves is just repeat it, and then Byramitz take the big leap, take take the big step forward from, and that's a lot to to. He has nineteen games played, so it's a lot for us to be like, time to be an all star, <laughs> but you know, at least at least get some of the rookie. By the end of the season, he won't be a rookie anymore, right? If he's healthy for all of the season, he'll end up. He'll finish the year. He'll have a hundred career games played. You know, if he misses a couple, he'll 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 get. Hopefully, he gets close. He'll to be that. way over. Hopefully, way over a full season, eighty-two games. Exactly. Yeah. By the end of the year, we won't be talking about him being a rookie anymore. Yep. Um, it'll be it'll be more. You know, the beginning of the year, just trying to get through some of the. Growing pains and stuff like that. Yeah, the get through some of what we saw with a guy like Timmons, where there were 10, 20 games where you were just like, this isn't very good. It's not bad, but there's not a lot going on here. It's just okay. Like they're they're getting by. And then you see the light bulb go on, and all of a sudden you see this dynamic player step up and start getting getting results. And I think that's where that's where we're headed with Byram. Although his ceiling is so much higher than Timmons. And that's not a knock on Timmons as like his number one fan. It's it's just that I think Byram has a chance to be a special defenseman in the NHL. I think he could be elite. Well and when if and when Byram reaches that level of defensive ability, the abs are the best defense in the league to me. Yep. Right now, it's easier to look at Tampa Bay yeah. um, because they've got a really good combination of size, skill, and depth. Yep. Um, between Hedman and McDonough, and McDonough was their best defenseman in the postseason. Yep. He was so good for them. He took on all of their heavy lifting defensive assignments and actually chipped in some real offense along the way. Then they still just, have young quality defense and in, in Sergachev and Cernak behind those two as well. Yeah. The those two guys at twenty three and twenty four, uh, that's that's really what I think elevates them is that they're they're established, they're proven, and they're Cal's really good. And the pipeline like, behind them too, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Calvin kinda hanging around. We'll see what happens with him, but you know, they've gotten they've gotten good things out of a guy like Zach Bogosian. It's, you know, who was who was part of their first cup run, went to Toronto and then came back. I, I know it's, I know we said we're not including goalies either, but a dude doesn't win a Vesna twice without a good defense in front of him. That's all I'll say there. Yeah, the Florida's defense, I don't have in my top five. Yeah, I look. I love Aaron Ekblad, but the rest of that defense has some holes in it. Like Mackenzie Weger is great. I love him. I drafted him on my favorite player team. Aaron Ekblad is great. Um, but then after that, I mean, you get into Brandon Montour, uh, Nudavara, Forsling, Gudis. Like it's a solid defense. See, I, I don't have any. I don't have any stones to throw at that defense except right. that I. It's 
it's very high end. It's a really it's good. It's not there end, yet. But it feels like they have some dudes playing over station. Like if you take Montour and you're playing him on your bottom pairing, you love it. Yeah. But you love it. Yes, I love it. But you try to put him on a middle pairing and you're like, eh, maybe we pump the brakes a little bit on this. Yeah. So Yeah, Tampa losing Savard is definitely It did hurt it, them. It sure. hurts them, but their big four remains the same. Like yep. they lost they lost a good player off their third pairing. Yep. But their their core is the same. And I think if healthy, Colorado's defense with Murray and Johnson pushes them. I think it's it's fair. Again, if if Murray and Johnson are healthy, it's going to come down to how much is Byram giving them. Yeah, if giving absolutely. them a good amount. They're probably the best. The yeah, I would very much agree with that. But if if Byram struggles and those guys are hurt, look, Colorado's going to win a lot of games because their top three guys are aces. But they're that that depth is what is what has the chance to make them special. No, I don't see Morgan Riley as a comparable to Bowen Byram at all. No, I liked I, it. I liked it in his draft year, but after seeing them both in the NHL, I don't think so. Byram's NHL Morgan NHL. Riley is a Riley is a horrible defender. Yeah, he drives Byram, play. He's, he's a really good puck mover. He's a horrible defender. It's, Byram it's did more Byram, good. But yeah. He was Byron. Byron was better in his 19 games defensively than Morgan Riley has been his entire career. By advanced metrics, Byron is one of the best defensive defensemen in the league at five on five. Again, and that's 19 game sample size. So take it with a grain of salt. Exactly. Like a huge caveat here. But yes, like he was very, very, very good defensively. Uh, just did not drive any play offensively. Where Byram, where where the surprise was with Byram is that he didn't give anything on offense. There was nothing there. Two assists was and and he wasn't and it wasn't like he was buzzing either. You know, it wasn't like Kale McCarr's rookie year where he hit fourteen posts. Yeah, you know, I mean, like there were flashes here and there, but there was no consistency to it at all. Yeah. Um. It's it's interesting as as the chat brings up here too because the Avs D pairings are are far from set this year. They they're gonna have options. Yeah, we'll 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 see what they want to do. They're gonna have a lot of different. Uh, they're gonna have a lot of different uh, ways to to change things around, and, and they'll always give you situational looks like we've talked about. Before. Yeah, yeah, they're always a little bit different. So, well. If you want a roster bait, sit, sit back, get yourself a drink, go get some Breck Brew, the official beer of DNVR. Uh, you can get it down at the DNVR bar on tap, of course, or you can find it at your local liquor store. Use the Breck Beer Locator online and pick up some of their good company hard seltzer, too, because those are delicious. You cannot go wrong with any of the Breck Brew products, in my opinion. I think they're all just, they taste great all the way around. So pick one, get what you like go and get yourself some alcohol and then hit up the ball corporation if you need a little bit of beer money they are currently hiring and they pay not only a living wage they offer good benefits and if you have some holes in your cv or your resume you can get some training through them in things that you're missing to help round stuff out so they want to take care of you if you're one of their employees check them out now they're hiring at their golden plant you can text golden to 77222 or go to jobs.ball.com to check out and get an application filled out and join them today obviously we work with them all the time given that the abs play at ball arena i know aj has talked to a few people in the company and they all say good things so hit it up check it out Ball Arena, get yourself some beer money and a little bit of spending money that you can put here into DNBR. Become an annual member. Get access to not only all of our exclusive content, but also the DNBR Lounge, big beers down at the bar. With an annual membership, you get a free shirt to go along with as well. Spoilers, this weekend, dropping a bunch of cool shirts. Go uh, go down to the bar on Saturday to get a, a little sneak peek of our, our new line of shirts that all look super dope. I'm not going to lie. I got a sneak peek of them, and they were they were really cool. Uh, so if you want to check those out, do that as well. Or, you know, you could be incredibly generous and give us $50 in a super chat like Craig did today. So any, any way does good for us. Uh, <laughs> 
Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook with Rudo and AJ coming at you. So we've talked about Colorado. We talked about Tampa a little bit as, as what we think is the top defense in the league. Yeah, and that's today. I understand right. McDonough's a little... McDonough's 32 and Hedman's 30. When they hit the uh, wall, they in, hit the wall, but they have Yeah, in a, in a couple, in two years from now, this could be, you know... Totally different. Although Sergachev and, and Chernak are both legit, they're, they're both really good. Yep. I like Chernak more than Sergachev personally. Really? Yeah. I like Sergachev more. Sergachev is definitely the better offensive player. Yep. He's there's no doubt about that. He's the better offensive player, but I love Chernak defensively. I, he just does. He he is exactly what you want in a defensive defenseman where he's good enough with the puck that he makes good quality decisions, but he's also uh, a physical guy who uses his size really well and he's really effective and he plays a versatile defensive game where he can be sticky, but he can also just smash you if he wants to. And he's good at blocking shots. And it's just like, it's, Sounds he just, suspiciously similar to Devontae's. Well, he does he does everything well. Yeah, defensively, and that's that's the like with with Taves. He's not very physical. He doesn't really that's hit true. There isn't very near, much. Nearly the physical side, but everything else. And that's that's the big that's the big difference is that Chernak has a has a lot of physicality and he's got great size, like. We talk about Drew Hellison and what they they want him to become. It's Chernak. Yep. A great defensive defenseman who's good enough with the puck, has good feet, uh, is right-handed, has great size, and has a mean streak. It's just so good. He's so solid. And with Sergachev, Sergachev is way better offensively, a lot more gifted, but he's a lot more of a space case defensively where there he'll just take games and shifts and he's just, I don't, I don't think he's very good defensively at all. And I'm defensively. I don't think he's getting better is my problem. But the thing is, is that they're, they're on the same defense. Like they, they complement each other other for sure. So well that it's like, whether you want one or the other, that they have both. You know, because they're both really big guys too. They're they they have great size, and it's it's one thing to like be big, but both of those guys use their size effectively. They hit people. Now Chernak is a lot more physical than Sergachev, but Sergachev again a lot more naturally gifted with the puck, and they're just tough to play against on the whole. And then with the way that they they roll it out, you know McDonough next to next to Chernak, that mm, it's so good defensively, man. It's so good defensively, and they're they're good enough offensively, and that's that's why I still have them at one. Yep. But if McDonough really starts to slip, if he hits the thirty year old defenseman wall, they're going to be in serious trouble. And look, Hedman had a great production and all of that. But Hedman's underlying numbers were not nearly as good this year. Yeah, took a big dip in this last season, and it makes you wonder because if he starts to slip a little bit, then well, and, and we Tampa Bay's like reign of dominance is going to end. Hedman hasn't had the healthiest of careers either, so that's someone that injuries could catch up to. But we'll have to uh, wait and see. As of today. Tampa, I think, has to be number one. Yeah. Uh, Moving on to number three, AJ, please tell me it's not Vegas. It is. I know it is. It was on my list, too. Yeah, it's it's just that, and this is really driven by, uh, I mean, a top four. Yep. That's very good, but a top, they're, they're, their six is so good. I, I'm ready. Just just get your Zach White Cloud rant out of the way here. 
Well, I mean, so like they've got they've so they've got Theodore and Petrangelo, right? Like Obviously. a true top pairing. Yeah. A true top pairing. And then they've got between Martinez, McNabb, Hague, and Whitecloud. There isn't there isn't really like a th- a true like a, a a third pairing guy. There isn't like an like, an an obvious like this guy doesn't belong. A bunch of dudes that could play the four for you if you wanted. Right, and the weak the weak link there I think is is would probably be Hague. I'd, I'd say Hague, yeah. But I'm leaning I'm I'm leaning towards McNabb because Hague has uh McNabb has no offense. It again it like, depends on how you want to build your defense there, right? And and McNabb is thirty, so when there's already no offense there, you hit thirty years right. old and you start to worry a little bit about uh grenades getting tossed out, but <laughs> yeah. He will and he's the he's the guy though that I mean he's their enforcer. Like he's the one that patrols the blue line and makes them different to play against. Because we saw the Avs played a number of games against Vegas last year. Yep. Um with McNabb in the lineup and without. And when he wasn't in the lineup, the Avs had a lot easier time getting in and and getting after the on the forecheck. Yep. Because McNabb is a punisher. Like, that's what he does. And you also look at a guy like Haig, who isn't shy with his with his size either, and he's a big boy. And both of those guys, I think it's the combination of them that makes it um, just just such a, such a tough group to play against. Because McNabb, I mean, McNabb, tons of hits every year. The guy... If if you're in a fantasy league and uh you you've got block shots and hits in a league, Braden McNabb's a low key really good option for you. You won't get any offense from him, but he hits people and he blocks shots at a really really high rate. The couple of other things I want to cover on this defense is first of all, Shea Theodore is the real deal. That dude is yeah. an absolute monster. Um, True Vesna candidate. Secondly, Alex Petrangelo. Pretty much everyone considered him to have a significant down year last year. A down year for him is 46-point pace in an 82-game season. Yeah. So that's still real good. I, yeah. I don't want to take anything away from Petrangelo. He's still a super legit defenseman, uh, certainly on the offensive side, even if the underlings weren't quite as good for him this year. But it, that really helps round out Vegas's defense and then the big question mark for me is Alec Martinez they brought him back for three years yes he's coming off of a 32 point season that came out of nowhere if Martinez can repeat that type of play if there's some consistency to that Vegas's defense is probably starting to push into Colorado and Tampa territory yeah he hasn't driven offense at that level in five years so, so it's a and, there's and, reason to believe that's not repeatable. Well, and and like some of that, some of that is because they set him up as as a main guy on their really, really not very good power play. Sure. Um, and he had you know nine of his points came on the power play last year. Yep. So you know you're. <laughs> Some of that, some of that is skewed a little bit because it's like, oh, the between between Petrangelo, points, yeah. well, and between Petrangelo and Theodore, you wouldn't think that they would be using Alec Martinez as like a main guy on their power play. But then you go up and down the roster, and it's like, okay, it's like Pacioretty is like your sniper, but Mark, that's not Mark Stone. Mark, you know, Mark Stone's a a good playmaker, but he's not a prolific goal scorer. He's not. He's not a guy that you want to set up you know, to, to build a power play around. And it's kind of where their roster has a bit of an issue is yeah. because they, they, they don't outside of patch They don't have like a real like finisher. Yeah. I mean, you, if you look at their forwards that you're going to run on a power play, it'll be stone patch obviously. Then you have Carlson, Marchessault and Riley Smith, who Riley Smith's production fell off a cliff last year. Um, yeah, and this year you throw in Dadanov instead of Tuck. Yep, but 
that still and leaves probably Nolan Patrick somewhere. But so you're talking about it's pretty easy to run a two defenseman setup on one of their power play units. Is my point in in how Martinez got in there? Yeah, and at you know he just turned thirty four, and not getting you're just, younger for sure. You're kind of just like. Was this was this a one-off in a contract year where he had been like a fine defenseman uh, in in LA for the last couple of years? Like he he'd been all right, but had clearly fallen off a step from his prime. And then he has one big year in in a in a contract year for a team that played two other good teams the entire season. And so it's like, eh, how much of this is a little smoke and mirrors? He's a great shot blocker, though. Like, he's an elite shot blocker, but he's not super physical. And at the, at this point in his career, he's not nearly as physical as he was when he played for L.A. Yeah. And you have to wonder, like, there's going to be some sort of decline at some point. And so I think I've got Vegas here because I really like their the six. And then um, I really like Dylan Coughlin. So I think that as like a seventh guy, I think he's a, he's a, he's intriguing, I guess. I Sure. We'll see. Upside. I wonder if, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's going to be able to defend at the NHL level the way that he needs to, but I, I like the potential and I would be curious to see given more time if he's able to do it. But beyond that, like that's, that's not a ton of depth. Um, kind of like with Colorado and most of these teams, really, you don't have, they just don't go nine deep teams. Just don't go that deep. Yep. Um, but with, with Vegas, I just, I'm, I'm curious if it's repeatable. Three of their guys are, are 30, um, and and like they have gotten, like Zach Whitecloud was, I think an undrafted college free agent, yep, and has rolled in and turned himself into an elite defensive defenseman. And it's just like okay, yeah, it, like it, it's is that real? Very well. So I'm. I don't know. We're gonna. We're gonna we're gonna see Vegas at three is is a start of the year, but that's the one that I will say of the of the five that I have, it's the shakiest for me. That's fine. I I, I think that's a fair assessment too. If Martinez balls out, like I said, they could be pushing for one or two. If Mar- if Martinez <laughs> struggles, if Zach Whitecloud falls off a little bit, if Petrangelo doesn't really rebound to what he might be capable of. If, if McNabb slips a little bit yeah. more, he's had some injury problems. You could definitely see that falling out of the top five in a hurry if they struggle. Yeah. So, could go either way on that one. Uh, we do have to hit up our, our best buddies for cannabis, Solace Meds. Uh, check them out. They have a bunch of in-store deals for the month of September, since that starts tomorrow. You can get 25% off Can America gummies, 25% off rocking cartridges, and then 20% off strains and glacier concentrates. So check out their in-store deals. Also be sure to use code DNBR20 if you're going to purchase online to get 20% off. You can order for pickup. They have a couple of uh, super sales, one for Labor Day and one for Patriots Day. You can buy three and get the fourth for 10 cents of pretty much any product in store, I think. So it's it's a good deal coming up in September. If you if you need cannabis products, hit up Solace Meds. That's S-O-L-A-C-E-Meds.com. They have four locations here in Colorado. So get for pickup at the one near you including one right next to the dnvr bar save yourself some money get what you need from them and then when you get the munchies you can go to hasslecattlecompany.com and get your meat ordered whether it be the wagyu burgers like we have down at the bar or if you just want some good old-fashioned steak they got you covered for whatever type of meat you need and you get 10 percent off when you use code dnvr10 when you order so jump on it Get yourself some delicious Hassle Cattle Company meat and do that good thing. If you want to do like a group order, you spend 200 bucks, you get free shipping as well. So 
just a good deal all the way around and some absolutely delicious steaks to go with it. Of course, we're also our main sponsor brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, hit them up. They have amazing odds boosts every single day. Even if you're not a new account, they have deals that you can just run them out there and, and get good money on. But if you're making a new account, be sure to use that DNVR code. They're still doing the bet $1 on any week one NFL game, and they just give you $200 instantly. You don't have to win the bet. You don't have to wait for the game to happen. You bet a dollar on a football game, and they just give you 200 bucks in free bets. So jump on it because that's just $200 to go bet on whatever you want at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you win, great. You take that money home. If you lose, no big deal. You bet a dollar, and that's all you lost, even if the 200 it doesn't work out for you. So jump on it. Make that no-brainer bet. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the DNVR code. You have to use the DNVR code to get the $200 in free bets with your new account. And the promo code will get you access to all of their other odds boosts as well. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NH- NFL must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum deposit of $5 and a $1 wager required. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. I think this is where this list will start to get interesting, AJ. Okay. As we round out the top five, I'm curious who you have it for. I have an East Coast team. So do I. Okay. We we kind of shit talked the West already. We did a little uh, bit. Yeah. Were there any were there any other Western teams that you were at least tempted by? I was tempted by Nashville still a little bit. Okay. The OC is still a monster. Um they still have Ekholm, who's still very, very good. <clears throat> then they have some interesting pieces. They got Phil Myers, who's solid, not as good as yeah. Ryan Ellis, obviously, but solid. And then I've never been a huge fan of Fabro, but he's proved to be he's an okay. NHL caliber defenseman. So I think they still have a solid defense. Would I put them in the top five without Ryan Ellis? Probably not. Yeah, I was more tempted. The, the two teams that actually gave me pause, um, Minnesota still. Sure. Just because the top of that D, I mean, Spurgeon, Brodine, and Dumbo's a really good top Still three. rock solid, yep. And they they did a good job remaking the rest of that defense. I mean, Goligoski, Kulikov, John Merrill, Jordy Penn, like, those guys, those guys are fine, right? Like, you don't look at that and go, oh, my God. Some, some really terrible guys here. You know, I know Goligoski certainly is not the player that he has been in the past. But he's still serviceable. Um, but I think that they took enough of a step back that one of those guys has to be in their top four. And I think that was why I, I probably left them out. Although I like their depth better than I like their like high end. And then uh, the other... to do it with Kulikov, man. That experiment's been tried one too many times. But yeah, So that's kind of like he, he was... Awesome defensively last year, right? Yep. Like he was so good defensively, um, and it's like okay, in a limited defense only role, we've seen this guy actually be pretty good. Sure, but it's um, extremely limited. But yeah, there's no there's no real offense, and it's 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 one dimensional. Yep. So it's like the, the, he's a third pairing guy. Like let's be real here. And the only other defense that, that kind of tempted me out west was uh, Dallas's because Klingberg is is still solid. Ryan Suter, we talked, like, Suter's still a good player. Um, For the front end of that contract, at least, yeah. Sure. And, like, we're not here worrying about contracts. Right. We're talking it, about defense right for now. this season. Yeah, it's right you know? now. And then, um, obviously, Haskinen is awesome. Esselindel is solid for what he does. And then they added my guy, Hockenpah, who is just – solid like he's fine and that's just it's a it's a defense without an obvious weakness but it's also a defense where without i think the upside is a little a bit of a question mark for me there yeah, yeah. the is it is it any good uh can can so klingberg has taken steps back the last two years yep is 
that going to continue? Um, and then can Haskinen find that next level? Become a true star, yeah. Right. Like, can he get to that point offensively? Because defensively, I don't have any issues. Yep. But offensively, I'm not... I'm just not sold. He doesn't really drive play on offense and he doesn't he doesn't produce a lot. Some of that is absolutely that Dallas is like like <laughs> defense first, yeah. second, third and fourth, right? Like uh very specific system you're in there for sure. Yeah. So, I'm meh. Um the rest of these, the rest of these defenses, the rest of the defenses out west are like they've got some guys, but uh, they're either missing a high end or they're missing depth. So I'm I'm good um, with the rest of the west. Yeah, same. It's, it's four and five are out east for me. Um, yeah. So who do you have at three? At or three, four, at, at four, I have New Jersey. Shut um, up. Yep. I love I love New Jersey's defense after they picked up Dougie. I think it's so so good. Uh, I've always loved Damon Severson. I think he's 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 really really underrated around yep. the league. Yep, I agree. I think he's, he's I, I should say he's on that. really underrated amongst fans. I think around the league he's probably Fair. pretty well respected. Fair. Obviously, the Graves pickup helps to round out their defense, but they still have PK, who, despite being heavily overpaid, is still a decent NHL player. Uh, and they have on the younger side, they have Ty Smith to help round out, provide significant amount of offense going forward as he continues to, to develop into a full-fledged NHLer. I, I think it's extremely well-rounded. I think it has the potential to be one of the best defenses in the East, if not outside of Tampa, the best. Um, they're just super, super solid top to bottom. Uh, Obviously, there's going to be problems here in the in the near future. But if we're talking about right now, the Dougie addition catapulted them into the top five for me. Um, I think I think Dougie and Graves certainly give them a formidable top six. Mm-hmm. Um, PK slipped pretty badly, and last year was actually like a bit of a bounce back year for him. Um, I I think. I feel about this defense the way that I do like Edmonton. Yeah. Where it's like where it's like there's some there's some good players. Um it's it's an okay group, but I don't I, I don't love it. I think it's better than I, okay by quite a bit. I like I like Severson a lot and obviously I've always been a big Dougie fan. Um and Ty Smith had a really really good rookie year. But I it's it's got the high end that I like. It's got it's got decent depth, but I want to see it. I I think it's too much of a leap of faith right now uh, for me. Right. So I I would I I don't know where I would have it, but I think it's I, I it's the number one reason why I think they're going to be competitive this year. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't quite put it in the top five. Yeah, I can't. I I certainly wouldn't. I'm not putting it ahead of the other ones. Um, I mean, that I, I have here. I won't blame you for one of them. I'm sure it's the team that I have at five. But yeah, so I've got Carolina. Yeah. Um, because I just look Jacob Jacob Slavin and Brad Pesci. Those are two of the best defensive defensemen in the NHL. Um, and I've always been a bigger Brady Shea fan than I would say most people. And then. Ethan Ethan Bear is really good, and I so think we're pick up for them. Yeah, Ethan Ethan Bear is a really good defenseman, and I think that Edmonton is fucking dumb for having done done what they did. Um, the the Caleb Jones for Duncan Keith swap was bad enough, but getting rid of Ethan Bear on top of all that and giving Darnell Nurse nine million dollars, holy crap! What Edmonton what made the choices? Yep. Dude, what in God's name? <laughs> so I just yeah, and then you throw in Ian Ian Cole on top of that, who is still like Ian, Ian Cole just guy. Yeah, he just keeps rolling along. Although this last year he did 
finally start to struggle a little bit defensively. Um, he came out on the wrong side on a lot of the defensive stuff, but I, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't need to play a prominent role for them. And, you know, with Jake Gardner also still there, I, I'm not fully convinced that Jake Gardner is washed. I know he, I know he did not have a good year. I think he's, um, he had, I know he had a down year, especially moving a puck, which is like his thing. thing that he does yeah but defensively he was a lot better um it's weird to me that he produced basically the same results uh underlying results as pk suban and you're good with that but you have a problem with gardner but <laughs> it's all good we all look at the world differently we're just gonna disagree on this one yep um But I'm, I'm of, I just, I think that Carolina can just continue to do what they do. They're, they're so good defensively and they have enough talent moving the puck that, and I think Ethan Bear is a huge addition for them. Look, I think Bear is great. I think they have a ridiculous top four. It's just that bottom pairing that I wonder about with Cole and Gardner and like, obviously it'll be. Slide, slot into the lineup maybe differently, but they're bottom two defensemen in my opinion. Um, then there's the entire question of D'Angelo, but we don't have to get into that. Yeah, and I was really just going to avoid it because I don't, I don't know what the expectations are there, um, and I, I better not to touch it at this point. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> he's a year removed from a fifty-three point season, like. I understand that there's a lot of off-ice problems there, but if he's if he a product, if he's directly if he's on pro- the ice, yeah, like it, it could, it could. I don't know. I I hate to give that that move any credit. Yeah, agreed. I just don't. I just don't. I just don't want to. Okay, but that's a defense that I think, you, regardless of how you feel about D'Angelo, I think it's still, it's got the high end and it's deep. And I think that it's. I would take that. I'm. I'm good with that. Uh, I think. I think they're so good, man. Colin in the chat asking about Seattle's D. I don't think it's very good on the whole. I. I mean, I think it's fine. Like, it's fine for an expansion team. I think it's. I think it's. It's better than a lot of teams out west. It's better than most of its own division. I but mean, it can't move a puck because the Pacific sucks. Though. <laughs> it's it, not, like it's your their only puck moving ability is kind of Giordano and Vince Dunn. Otherwise, it's all defense. Yep, it's all it's it's all blocked shots. It's all hits. There's n- almost nothing dynamic about it whatsoever. Yep. So that's not uh, for me. That's just not. It's not a modern defense. That is a. Seattle's Seattle's defense is exactly how you would have built a defense 10 years ago. And it would have been awesome. It would have been one of the best in the NHL. And if they look, they have to play slow, boring, low scoring hockey. If they're going to win any games at all. Yep. So it's their, their defense. Vince Dunn has to have, an unbelievable year. He needs to become like a fifty-point player for them. Yeah, and and Giordano has to turn back time in a major way. Otherwise, they don't have any puck movers. All of those guys are defensive defensemen. All of them. It's like how many fifteen-point defensemen can you put on one in one group and expect to to be any good at all? I so I'm I'm. Like I think they're they're going to be competitive defensively. I think they're going to be hard to score against. But uh, I don't think that they're the the problem is is that when the puck goes into their zone, they're going to struggle to move it out, and that's not how you succeed in the NHL. All right, who's your five then? The Islanders. Okay, saw that coming. So, and this is this is a little bit of projection. On my part, but the big thing here is that they have Pelican Pulak. Um, 
Let and me ask you this before you get into the players, how okay. much does Barry Trot's system come into play here? It 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 makes them look better than they are. Okay, but because they're going to be in that system all year, it's weird to hold that against them. I think. All right. So, then, yeah, obviously, they just signed the big deal with Pellick, so that is a boon to their defense, certainly. In right. The and when we talk, you know, when I'm talking about, oh, guys who can move pucks and, um, you know, oh, how many 15-point defensemen, you know, Adam Adam Pellick is not a guy that brings any, um, really any offense. Sure. In his whole career, he's never, even, even when he was in juniors, it's not like that guy was pushing a point-per-game pace. You know, he's never been that guy. But he's, he's an unbelievable defender and he's a perfect fit for what Barry Trotz does and that's that their their top pairing is really what drives this but beyond that you also have Dobson and Scott Mayfield I mean, that's that's the big question for me is how much of a believer in Noah Dobson are you big I I would assume so. If you put the the Islanders in your top five, you would have to be. Yeah, I mean, he had a he had a he's had two decent seasons. Um, you know, this last year, his first full year in the NHL. Yep. Um, it's decent. It was pretty dynamic, considering, um, and I think that's why I'm good here. Is that it's the the top four with Pelican and Pulak and then Mayfield and Dobson is just just rock solid every single night. Yeah, and like Mayfield is a guy that nobody talks about in the NHL. Right? And Abs fans would know him best from that time that Nathan McKinnon skated by him at a hundred miles an hour. <laughs> and he got stuck flat footed at center ice that one time. So I mean he will he is not. Nah, I don't Mayfield know. Mayfield should be. Wild. Mayfield should be proof that you can develop players in the AHL because that dude spent like three and a half years. Well, and and what was interesting about him is that it was also there was so much up and down. He yep. would he would come up and he would play a handful of games, and then he'd go back down, yep. and then he would come up and he would play a handful, and it was like that every year. You'd see him occasionally. Yep. And you were like, all right, well, this guy's not too bad. And he would go down and just keep working and just keep working. And they gave him that goofy-ass five-year deal. That where out incredibly for them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> like, they gave him that five-year deal where, where he makes, like, $7 million on it. And you're like, yeah. why, dude? Why would you? But for a guy that goes up and down every year, right. a five-year deal, you're like, what the hell? Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> So. Um, and, and I've always been a big Andy Green fan and that he's still part of this is. Yeah, I feel like that one's a little more feely than actual results for you. But... He definitely slipped last year, though. And then the, beyond that, serious question marks. What's what's going to happen beyond that? The depth is not there. So uh, kind of like Colorado, if a couple a couple of these guys get hurt, they're in real trouble. trouble. Um, but it's. I, the the Pelic Pulak is what drives this for me. They're just so good. Live and die so. with your best players. The only thing I'm going to from the article, how underrated Taze, which identified Mayfield is kind of the anchor there. I see. Yeah. Um, he also played at DU, if you're a DU fan. But yeah. That's my he, Mayfield Mayfield does not drive any offense really. Um, he's not gonna do any of that. But defensively, he's he's good, not great. He just does a lot of things really well. He's a he's a solid shot blocker. Um, he's a he's a physical player. He's got really good size. He's got decent feet. Um, he's he's your really unspectacular Barry Trotz is absolutely getting blood from a stone with this guy. But it's working, so 
I would say I really like I really like what the Islanders do, and then maybe more individually, more than individually, that what they do as a team, how the how they play together, is maybe the best in the league. Barry drops. Yeah, they all know what to do, man, and they do it. They do it as a group better than anybody. Yep. I I don't have an argument there. The that system. You give Trot solid defensemen, and he will make magic happen. It's just the way that it is. It makes you wonder, like, what would Barry Trotz do, like, if he was in Colorado? With all and he had like run and gun for. Well, and he had the the yeah. offensive talent because yeah. you look, he like he has had some really good two way guys in the last couple of years, and Nick Letty and Johnny Boychuk and Devon Taves. Yep. And then now he's lost those guys over time, and so it's like, okay, well, how does he just keep doing this? He's <laughs> he's insane, but I would I wonder what he would look like coaching like a team like the Avs, a truly super high end talented team, yeah. Right, one that has the kind of high end offense where you're like, you don't have to play two one, bro. Yeah, you don't have to do this. Just score goals. It's fine. It's and I think most people would agree that. It's not that he has to do that, but it's the best way to maximize the Isles roster. Yep. Would that be the best way to maximize the Amps roster? I don't know. I just think it would be it would be interesting to see. How he devised that plan, yeah. yeah. Just just how different it could it could look, you know? Yep, for sure. All right. So final thoughts on the on defenses around the league, AJ. Um, there are very few great ones, um, going through all the teams and picking them out. There were a lot of teams that I was like, oh, this is okay. This is okay. All right. Meh. Um, I don't, I, 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 I think the team that I'm keeping an eye out, um, that has the best chance to break into this group in the next year or two is Ottawa. Yeah, I I looked at them and I like the upside there too. It's just it's not there yet, but between um Shabbat, um obviously you have Bernard Docker that's gonna that's gonna roll in this year, Jake Sanderson, uh Lassie Thompson. They they've got some guys that are like on the way. No thought to the Rangers at all. <sighs> Between Ke'Andre Miller and, and Zach Jones coming. And I'm so like Adam Fox, Adam Fox had an insane season. Yeah. Um and he's put himself amongst the league's best. But I think the rest of and like I've always been a Keandre Miller fan. Yep. But I think the rest of that defense is really blah. Like really blah. If I I hear what you're saying. And I don't necessarily disagree with it. The the, like, the thing that would catapult their defense is if Jacob Truba could get back to the dude that he was. Yeah, dude, if Jacob Truba could be the guy that he was his last year of Winnipeg, I would feel completely different. Yep. But Jacob Jacob Truba has completely cratered. Yep. Since getting to New York, completely cratered. And then beyond Miller, beyond Fox, like. Ryan Lindgren is fine. Like, he's serviceable. Patrick Nemeth is fine. He's serviceable. Jared Tenorti just continues to get jobs. Anthony Botetto, same thing. Like, these guys are okay. Um, Zach Jones, like, look, he's not a really high-end guy. I want to see how it goes first. Um, he's he's a good he's a good little puck mover, and we'll we'll see where the how the offense translates. But um, that's a that's still a wait and see, and not a guy that I think is going to be a high end player anyway. So we'll we'll see with Jones, but it's it's just a lot of plot, man. It's a lot of vanilla ice cream. All right, vanilla ice cream. I think that sums up NHL defenses pretty well in general. Uh... Yeah, um, you know I. Winnipeg, as an honorable mention, is a hell no for me. <laughs> they don't they don't have anything close to the high end. Like, is do does 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 Brendan Dillon and Nate Schmidt make them a lot better and a lot more competitive? Yeah, absolutely. But in a playoff series, who's their top pair? 
who's the and Pionk, I guess. Who's the pairing that you're sending out there to try and stop a top line? Because they don't have one. Even with they went out and they got two guys who are really solid second pairing defenders. And that's generous assuming Nate Schmidt has a little bit of a bounce back after a couple of years where it's just been okay for him. Yep. So it's you know, I I well, like Schmidt, but and the hard part about it is like they are getting one hundred and ten percent out of Pionk too. Like <laughs> that that dude is playing the best hockey he's ever gonna play. Yeah, and it's it's at some point people like us have to stop doubting him. I'm I'm not doubting him. Like even if he can keep that up consistently, that's great. He's a great player. I just don't think there's any – there is no next level for Pionk to get to that could catapult him into truly like a number one defenseman in the league area. I think that's fair. The big the big question that I would have is what do they get out of Billy Handela? Yep. And can Josh Morrissey – Josh Morrissey has, this, has the Jacob Truba problem. They're, they were awesome together their last season in Winnipeg. And since they've been apart – They've both been meh. Truba's been downright bad. And you look at Josh Morrissey, and Josh Morrissey has been one of the league's worst underlying defensemen. They're not, like, the... Dylan Dylan and Schmidt, and Schmidt is headed the way that, that, that Morrissey has been. Where... Right. It's getting... Teams are driving play on those guys, like, you, comfortably. After you have two, three down years in a row, the onus is on the player to get back to where they were, right? Mm-hmm. So. And those are your two highest-paid guys right there. And then Pionk and Dylan and, like, DeMello. Like, Dylan Dylan DeMello was in a fun story where it was like, this is like a borderline guy. For a long time. And then two years ago, it was like it clicked for him finally. And he was good. And then he got to Winnipeg and had injury issues last year. And it was just okay. It's like it was good defensively. But again, like if you're a one way player, you have to be the best at what you do with that one way. This is, I think, another situation in defense where. You look at teams that have defensemen that play under station, like Bowen Byron. You see the potential mm-hmm. for how much more he could be when he's on a third pairing. And then you yeah. look at a defense like Winnipeg, and not only do they not have anyone playing under station, there's arguments that someone like Morrissey is playing over station. Yeah, and when you get into like the how good are they, you know, their top six and their goaltending is going to win them a lot of games. Totally. So. They're gonna be they're gonna be fine. They're gonna be competitive, but where they're where they're gonna run into the wall in the postseason is that their defense just does not have the matchup, and it doesn't like having a bunch of second and third pairing guys is great depth wise, but if you don't have any of that high end, you're in real trouble because that's teams will just teams will just eat you up. So I would take I would take New Jersey's over Winnipeg's absolutely because they've got the high end and Dougie, yep, and and Severson. I mean Severson has been like right now you can make the argument that Neil Pionk is the best defenseman for Winnipeg, and he's he's pretty comparable to Damon Severson, and Damon Severson's not even close to the best defenseman in Jersey anymore. True. And I would so I would absolutely take New Jersey's uh, over over what Winnipeg has because there's puck moving, there's a high end there, there's versatility. The the guy that I think could change all this is Billy Hanela, who has looked really good in the NHL in really limited time. If they just give him a go, yeah, yeah. But they've they've been reluctant because they want to dick around with Logan Stanley and stuff. And it's yep. like okay, like you know. The Jeff Fisher of the NHL just keeps rolling along in Winnipeg. <laughs> All right. Well, before we make your fiance any more upset, 
it's time to end I'm, the show. I like. I say that, and I'm going to pick them to be second in, in probably yeah, in the I division know. this year. I like, know. I have all the respect in the world for how good that team is. I just don't think their def- like their defense was a bottom tier defense, and then got two second pairing defensemen, one of which who has slipped badly, yeah, and one one of which who doesn't provide any offense whatsoever, and that's just not enough to get them into the top ten for me. You'll so I would I would that one. I I would take Dallas. I would take. Uh, I would take Minnesota. I would take. Nashville. So you're not talking, uh, and obviously about it as, in Jersey uh, before I before in, Winnipeg. Like, who knows if Chicago gets the good version of Seth Jones? Maybe even them. Like, I I would consider Chicago. I mean, you look at like Philadelphia. Did they do something stupid and irresponsible for Ristolainen? Absolutely. But Provorov, Ellis, Sanheim, Yandel. Yeah, that's pretty solid. Justin Braun, like that's a solid group right there. And it's got the potential to be legitimately high end with Provorov and Ellis. I take yep. looking at it right now. Take them over Winnipeg. So we'll we'll leave it on that note. Don't take Winnipeg, apparently. But thank you everyone for watching. Not in the top ten. However, you consume the podcast. Uh, we appreciate all of y'all a ton. We'll be back tomorrow. Who knows what we'll be talking about? It's. Yeah, we'll what should we talk about? Like three weeks with the, I guess less than three weeks with the rookie tournament, but. Yeah, which it sounds pretty good that I'm going to get to go, assuming that we are allowed in. Right. If there's a reason to go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think they're selling tickets, so media should be okay well, to that go. That should be fine then, yeah. All right. Well, sweet. We have that to look forward to. You know, if any news happens, abs or NHL otherwise. There's nothing confirmed well, there's an, yet, but yeah, and there's an entire Olympic break in which I'm sure that that's all we're going to yeah, talk there's about. There's an entire month where we'll be like, so the Olympics is the only hockey happening. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll talk about something, no doubt about it. Thank you again, and we will talk to you people tomorrow.